You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to episode 56 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Joining you, as always, is me, Gandalf, Matt, and, of course, Nathan Van Horn. And if you've been listening for any amount of time, you know that there's two things that are about to happen. Uh, sure as sunlight. Number one, <laughs> I'm about to tell you to like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, be it iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or if you have some weirdo third-party thing, that's all right, too. Just whatever the positive interaction is on whatever platform you're listening, do that, because doing that will help boost the podcast and more people will hear it. And if you think that's a good thing, then please help us out and tell the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. And... Not affected by the algorithm, but I will say that you verbally or like in person interacting, telling other people to listen to the podcast does have a notable effect on our listenership. Um, sometimes I'll get a, I'll see in our metrics, I'll have like a random spike of subscribers and I'll say, Hey guys, what, you know what, why do you think we got this random spike? And Matt will say, Oh, it's because I like, I told like the the, pre- the president of some association about us, and then he told all of his people. Well, uh, yeah. also, it's uh, <laughs> like on the iPhone, you can share the show. You can like send it in a text message to your friends and just say, hey, check it out. And, you know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. That's fine. That's, you know, people's prerogative. But occasionally you catch some folks that find this podcast to be a blessing. So, yeah, Matt, Matt is definitely our, our publicist for sure. I'm Man, the producer, Matt's I'm the publicist. Myers Briggs, ENFP. <laughs> the, the campaigner. The campaigner. I can't help it. I love causes. <laughs> and the second thing that's about to happen is you know that at some point Nathan Van Horn's going to sing on this podcast. It's inevitable. Like that's Thanos, right. it is inevitable. It that is. is that is both brutal and tragically <laughs> probably true. What, what was what was funny is uh, we were on. Uh, what was it? Two nights ago, Nathan, we were talking, uh, and I was on speakerphone. I was I was sitting in the bed, and Andrea was working on something, and I'm talking to Nathan, and all of a sudden, he he bursts into song. <laughs> and, and a, I looked at, and, I looked and, at Andrew, Andrea was singing too. It was like karaoke. yes, she was. Yeah, that, and I was just like, this this is just normal. Nathan does this, so. <laughs> but she and I do that. We'll we'll burst into song uh. with each other. Uh, and she has a very good singing voice. I'm As sorry to I, I'm sorry to everyone in my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, you you get, you've got a gift, brother. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and right now it feels like right now it feels like a curse. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Hey, that's a great segue. Uh, yes, yeah, you're like, welcome. <laughs> you know what I thought about the other night when you were talking is like like in the Muppet movies, like how are we going to travel? We're going to travel by song. <laughs> <laughs> or say we're going to travel by map. <laughs> or it shows the little map animation. You, you, and they're, they're just there. You you heard it here first. Matt, yeah. Matt likened me to a Muppet. <laughs> yes. is, is he a Muppet or a man? Oh, my gosh. Well, oh. we, we've been talking about the Divine Council and the past couple of episodes, we've 
talked about the Godfather and then we had the Godfather part two. But as we said last week, we're not going to name this one. Uh, the Godfather Part Three, because that means it's going to be of significantly less quality. <laughs> yeah, if we're, if we're right. following in the footsteps of the of those movies, yes. so uh, today the episode is going to be titled uh, "A Series of Unfortunate Events," which mm. uh, packs neatly with Nathan's curse segue. There we yes. go. There we yep. go. So that means Absolutely. we're also we're also finally going to talk about Job. Right. Yeah, I know Nathan's been itching to talk about Job. Yes. Um, well, and, and and Job, this is uh, something Matt and I had discussed. Um, Job is one of those books where we're not entirely sure what to do with. And I, I don't mean we on the podcast. I mean, there's there's charitable disagreement among Christians. For, for some Christians, they approach Job as a historical book that teaches us wisdom. And for other Christians, they teach, you know, even if there's a historical Job, they don't think the book of Job itself is historical. But what's so interesting is that just about all scholars place Job, at least in the setting of the book, in a pre-patriarchal period. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting book to look at right between Babel and where we're going next in the show, which is the patriarchs beginning with Abraham. Uh, so I have a question then right off the bat because we've we've made a big deal about you know reading Genesis while living the Exodus. So who like who in that case do we know who's reading this and what's going on? As that, that, now that that is subject to much more debate. A lot put right. Job. A lot put Job very late. Um, They're possibly uh, reading this in exile. Yeah, um, it may have been available before then, but certainly it would have been read during exile when the Jews would have experienced a Job-like. I mean, you when you liken Job's experience to losing everything, you kind of think about the opening chapters of Ezekiel when. When Ezekiel is sitting on by the the Kibar Canal, <laughs> he's supposed to be a priest yeah. uh, in Jerusalem, but the the temple's been raised to the ground, and the, you know the walls are in disarray, and here he is sitting by the drainage ditch in Babylon. And e- Ezekiel so, Ezekiel, who interestingly references Job, yes, he does. Oh, in oh. fact, why don't let me read that real quick? We mentioned it last week, uh, and a, this is one of the reasons why I think it's it. It is Job is a historical character. Yeah. Um, oh, I, is, I, I, I'm on the same page. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. We're not in disagreement on on this uh, issue. In fact, m- most evangelicals I know uh, will agree with you know Job being a historical character. Notice what he says in Job fourteen fourteen. God is talking to Ezekiel about Jerusalem not being spared. He said, even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they would deliver but their own lives by their righteousness, declares the Lord God. Actually, reading this, I'm reminded that in Ezekiel 1, the temple had yet to be raised to the ground, but Ezekiel was a part of the one of the first batches that was taken into captivity. Uh, so he's later given this word about the temple. But notice that he lumps in here... Ezekiel, no, excuse me, he lumps in Job with Daniel, who we know is a historic character, and Noah, who we believe to be a historic character. So it would be kind of strange to say, hey, Noah, Daniel, and like, you know, Peter Rabbit, 
or some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just you wouldn't do that. Yeah, and, and, and two things. You've got the New Testament, uh, at least the book of James, I know, references Job as an example of patient suffering. And even beyond the name Job, um, we, we even where we don't have Job, we do have the place Job is from that keeps creeping into the biblical narrative, right? Us, uh, yeah. We, we say us. It's really oots like that northern brand of potato chips, but let's go with us because we're in the south. Right. Wait, 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 wait. Just wait a second here. Peter Rabbit isn't real. <laughs> that's, uh, that's right. But now this is not to say this is not to say because I think this is something that perhaps uh, some of our fundamentalist friends could miss. This is not to say that Job's book could not have value if Job were a fictional character. Because, for instance, I mean, we we draw think of think of non biblical literature. We draw inspiration from stories that are not real but contain truths within them. Uh, so uh, the message of Job stands regardless of its historicity. I'm just saying, and Nathan's saying that we we hold to the historicity of Job being a real person. And I, I kind of see where this story is going to go, because now that I think about it in light of previous episodes, this has got to be the most famous uh, heavenly staff meeting right. recorded in the scriptures, right? Because that's yeah. exactly what it is when you think about it. And one thing that we were talking about before we were recorded that's so interesting to me is that the heavenly staff meeting, you know, God meeting with the sons of God bef- before the main action of Job takes place is... This is incidental to the story, not integral to the story. In other words, it's just a, it's 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 not a surprising setup. This is just how things happen in their world, uh, and I say that because on the back end of Job, after the climax of the story, after the you know resolution, there is no follow up heavenly right. staff the, meeting. The council never reconvenes. In other words, this is this is this is almost like the prologue to Job. This is not part of the actual plot of Job. Is that is that it, fair? And also something that's interesting to me, Nathan, is that Job has no knowledge of this heavenly council within the story. Like there may be an assumption there with some of the statements that he's going to make that there it was something going on in the heavenly places. But it's there's no indication that Job was like, well, hey, there was, you know, a staff meeting up in the heavenly realm, and look, they had a discussion about me, and I, this is what I, I got a lousy. <laughs> I, I got a lousy bureaucrat, um, right? <laughs> the uh, yeah, that is interesting because from Joe's perspective, he's just living his life. Uh, it all falls apart. Terrible things happen to him, and then like God shows up, you know, re- rebukes him, and then his life gets way better, and he's none the wiser about you know, what was going on. Oh, see, I would say he's all the wiser. I would say he's all the wiser. I think what Gandalf was saying, he's, he doesn't know any more about the heavenly council. Is that what you meant, Gandalf? Yeah. Like he's never given an explanation like, Oh, that's why all those bad things happen to me. He he, he does, he does get wisdom, even though he doesn't get an explanation. Um, uh, Matt, one thing that you pointed out for me that I, I just, I guess I'd never considered, um, especially again, placing this between Babel and uh, and the patriarchs Abraham. is mm-hmm. yeah, is that all of Job's friends are monotheists, <laughs> right? It um, is. And, uh, that's and, that's and, fascinating. Which is interesting. That's it's fascinating interesting because we this is 
one of the things that you look at in Genesis is you're going to encounter other monotheists in the Genesis story. You you read about, for instance, uh, Laban, the father-in-law to Jacob, uh, acknowledges God as Most High. They make take an oath together. I think, uh, but he, but he also instance, but he also has the household idols. Yes, he has the household idols, but also I think also about Jethro, the priest of Midian. Yeah. So he was all another person. We we don't know who Melchizedek is. I mean, there's a lot of discussion there. We, we'll get into that when we get there. So priest of God Most High. Um, so there, there's there's evidences there of monotheism and this the way it's not understood typically in Western circles that there's one God and nothing else, but monotheism in the sense that there's a creator God that's presiding over a created uh, uh, host of spiritual beings as well as a created host of material beings, um, the, both heaven and earth that he's presiding over. You know what's interesting is I was listening to a, um, a, a talk on YouTube, and it was a, a guy who was talking about the religious heritage of First Nations peoples here in the United States or Native American peoples, however you choose to refer to that. Um, it's interesting that the Eastern tribes, because there were many tribes, but the Eastern tribes in the United States were all monotheistic. Overwhelmingly, yeah. Overwhelmingly monotheistic. But the Southwestern tribes were polytheistic. So there's even evidences of, you know, polytheism versus monotheism throughout the world. So one of the things we typically hear is, well, you know, every religion out there is polytheistic outside of, you know, Islam, Christianity, and, you know, Judaism. Well, not so. Uh, there are First Nations tribes that are and were pre-colonial monotheistic. So th that was just one of the details that jumped out to me in Job is that all of these characters are monotheistic and none of them are descendants of Abraham to our knowledge. Yeah. So, and yeah, so Babel would account, Babel would account how you can have a spread of awareness of God and, and maintain in some senses monotheism, but also if, uh, you know, the, the bureaucrats of the heavenly boardroom do not manage their responsibilities well if they uh, take for themselves titles and roles that God did not entrust to them. You could see the yeah, emergence going, of poly Yeah, masquerading, as you said last week. Yeah. Gerald, the Gerald McDermott made that quote. It, it was yeah. the, that they masqueraded, and he was tapping into what Justin Martyr was talking about. It's essentially that, that are arguing that the gods of the nations were really lesser spiritual beings that were masquerading as gods and receiving illegitimate worship. Yeah. So, so ju just to remind us where we are, in Job chapter 1 and verse 6, just to be reminded about this discussion, Gandalf, why don't you read for us Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 12, just so we can be reminded of this story. And then we're also going to touch on the second Divine Council meeting after that. And uh, Nathan, if you would read that second one there in chapter two. Uh. 
All right. So this is Job chapter 1, 6 through 12. And as always, we're reading from the ESV. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord, from going to and fro on the earth, from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge of protection around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So <laughs> every time I read this, I'm reminded why um, divine counsel material is so not our business. Because the, the cynical part of me can read this and go, oh, it's like God is approached by this guy or this this Satan figure that comes up and says, yeah, I've considered your servant go, Job. And, you know, the only reason he worships you is because of this, this, and this. And it's almost like God says, well, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, take all that away and see, I'll prove you wrong. I'll take that bet. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, so it's no, hard so, for us to... So number go. one, you you wouldn't want to hear what anyone had to say about you, right? Um, right. There, there is there is some comfort even with, you know, the terrible things that God allows to happen to Job, that he has mm. such a high estimation of his faithfulness. That's, That's right. what I was about to say. I was like, man, I, I'd almost take the bad stuff if I knew that God was saying, oh, absolutely. Gandalf, Gandalf no, is jo uh, blameless and upright. Yeah, Job won't <laughs> let us down. That's it. That's right. Um, That's essentially what God is arguing. He is, in a sense, he has been, I think it's Michael Heiser talks about that there's been a challenge presented in the court. Like this Satan figure presents the challenge of, hey, he asks a question, which is interesting because when you compare this to 1 Kings 22 that we looked at last week, it was God who asked the question when he just said, you know, how are we going to entice Ahab to go up to Ramoth Gilead that he might fall? In this case, someone on the council asks the question and the question is is directed to God. So again, this is further stuff that we're cramming into this understanding of the divine council that makes us uncomfortable. This is, it is a real council meeting. Information and questions come not just from God, but from council member members, and they interact with each other. And some real dire policy for, for some individuals comes out of these meetings. It's yeah. not just idle talk. Right. But to our, to our earlier point, though, there's no confusion about who the chairman of the board is. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Well, I, li I, like how, I like how God already knows what Satan is bringing to the table. He, he already knows what Satan's agenda is. He brings it up. Mm. He's like, oh, I know you've been thinking about my servant Job. Well, right. uh, and there's some, we, unfortunately, we don't have time to get into it. There's, there's some fascinating to discussion to be had from Job over, over whether, uh, because in Hebrew, this is not Satan like a standalone name. It's Ha-Satan, the Satan. Uh, and so there's a big discussion over whether Satan 
is the devil you know or not? And that's fodder for another day. Um, oh, the n- name of the episode has got to be the devil you know. <laughs> if we ever get there, yeah. yeah. If and that's a running thing. If we ever get there, um, yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, Nathan, why don't you read chapter two, verses one through six, just to give us the only other information we have about the divine council in Job? Sure. Um, so, Job two one through six, also from the ESV. One day, the sons of God came again to present themselves before the Lord, and hey, brother, Satan. That that was that's not the ESV. Oh, sorry, CSB. <laughs> Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, or the Satan, also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited him, excuse me, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your hand. Only spare his life. Mm. Isn't that interesting language? You incited me against him. Yeah, it's 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 that stewardship thing. Mm. Um, so, it, like well, you said, but this it, is this is stuff that's weird for us to read. It's um, weird for us to read because that is God telling the Satan or Satan, "Listen, this happened because you incited me against him." Again, that this is just one of those things. Don't explain this away. We don't have to understand it. Yeah, and, and don't and, explain and, it away. Yeah, and two things. It is interesting that Go- Job's wife will encourage him. Dude, you Curse have God nothing. And die. Curse God and die. <laughs> yeah, and right. it's also it's also interesting not to play the preacher, um, but it is interesting that one day. God will send his son and will not spare his life. Uh, you know, th- this, yeah. the, Amen this, to that. um, so, and there's a whole longer trajectory we could talk about there, but for the interest of time, we won't. Uh, so in the, Matt, in the time we have left today, where do you want to go? Well, there is indication that Job is at least aware of the divine counsel, even though he's not aware of their particular dealings with him in this situation. But, Later in the book, Elihu... Because, because uh, again, he does not assume that he should be privy to that knowledge. Correct. And and even, El- e- even when God shows up, in other words, the, the action of the book of Job is not resolved by him getting knowledge of what was discussed in a council meeting to which he is privy. It, he doesn't get it through proposition, here's what happened. He gets it through the presence of the chairman of the board himself. Right, he gets it through correct. an audience with God. Um, that correct, preach. Amen. Mm-hmm. And if I could give personal testimony to that, without rehashing some of the horrible things that my wife and I've had to live through over the last few years, that's all that mattered. There, there was no propositional statement. There was no theological quip that you, you that someone could give me to help me get through it. It was knowing that the Lord is there in our pain that made all the difference. But 
what's interesting, Job's knowledge in Job 33, beginning in verse 19, this is Elihu talking. And Elihu is one of the good sources of wisdom that's in the book outside of the words of God. The, other, the, the, the other, only the only good source. Yeah. Job says a few things that are good. Job says a few things. Oh, I thought, I thought you meant in terms of people speaking to Job. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had three friends that all... It's interesting when you read the book of Job is when you read his friends, their arguments make sense. And yet at the end of the book, God says, they have not spoken truth about me. It is, it is clear that Job's friends have this whole thing figured out. And the whole issue is, is they believe Job has sinned and he's too proud to admit it. And they're trying to get Job <laughs> yeah. to admit his sin. Um, and oh man, I could say a couple controversial things right now, but I'm not... <laughs> Um, Matt, but that's on brand for you. Come on. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm Scand not. Scandalous topics guy rears yeah. his ugly head. Yeah. So anyway, in Job 33, it says in verse 19, man is also rebuked with pain on his bed and with continual strife in his bones so that his life loathes bread and his appetite the choicest food. His flesh is so wasted away that it cannot be seen and his bones that were not seen stick out. His soul draws near to the pit, be thinking of underworld there, realm of the dead, and his life to those who bring death. Listen to verse 23, though. If there be for him an angel, a mediator, one of the thousand, to declare to man what is right for him, and he is merciful to him, and says, deliver him from going down to the pit, I have found a ransom. So here's the question. Oh my goodness. Think about wow. this. Hiding, this in is, plain, hiding in plain sight. There it is. So here's, who is the angel speaking to? Deliver him from going down to the pit. The angel is his mediator on the council. Mm. Elihu is saying, listen, if you have an advocate on the council for you, it might change for you. And, and again, that, yeah, again, so it's interesting uh, pulling up ESV on my, you know, my Logos Bible software. Uh, even the, the study Bible note here says the desire for a mediator anticipates the exclusive mediation of Christ. Um, so that that's interesting. But again, go back to Psalm 82. What, yes. What is God judging the other Elohim for? These they guys are not, not upholding. Yeah, oh, so they're good, not. Nathan. They're not upholding justice. Uh, they're they're they're, mm. they're not being extensions of the Creator toward His creation. They're not being good stewards. Mm. Um, and, and, and 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 oh gosh, you just want to preach here, right? Uh, right. So <laughs> so right. Ult ultimately, the chairman will go down himself. Uh, you know, God the Son in the in the form of Jesus, and He will be both the perfect steward of heaven's responsibilities, and in doing so, the perfect redeemer uh, of earth's problems. And, uh, you know, interestingly, Jesus come, says, I have come uh, not to be served, but to serve and to give my life, what, as a ransom for many. Uh, Amen you, to that. You, you're reminded of that in, in uh, Job 33, 24. Deliver you know, him from going down into the pit. I have found a ransom. 
Yeah. So there's one more spot where it actually comes from Job's mouth as opposed to Elihu. Um, but, and, and, and by and, the way, we we could keep going in Job 33. Please continue reading uh, there. That's pretty interesting. Oh, well, Job 33, 23? Yeah, you can keep going down the Oh, it's so beautiful here. If there be for him an angel, a mediator, one of a thousand, to declare to man what is right for him, and he is merciful to him, and says, deliver him. So so he's being the man's advocate on the council. Deliver him from going into the pit. I have found a ransom. There's the ransom language. mm -hmm. Let his flesh become fresh with youth. Let him return to his days, to the days of his youthful vigor. And notice what it says. When all of that takes place on the heavenly realm, this is what happens on earth. Then man prays to God and he accepts him. Oh, well, why does he accept him? Uh, well, because his we, me, he's already been mediated for. He's already been mediated. And uh, so I, I, I am not one to place the label of Calvinist on myself. However, this is pretty strong right here. <laughs> and it says, and he accepts him and he sees his face with a shout of joy and he restores to man his righteousness. He sings before men and says, I sinned and perverted what was right. And it was not repaid to me. This is the man's song, the testimony. He has redeemed my soul from going down into the pit and my life shall look upon the light. Now, who is the redeemer here? The redeemer is simply a council member. This is what Elihu is saying. When you yeah, back it, up it, in verse 23, one of the thousand. Yes, one of the thousand. What's interesting is Job asks for one. And he he acknowledges he doesn't have one in Job chapter 9. Uh, in chapter 9, if I just were to begin in verse 29, it says, I shall be condemned. Why then do I labor in vain? If I wash myself with snow and cleanse my hands with lye, yet you plunge me into a pit, my own clothes will abhor me, for he is not a man as I am, that I might answer him, speaking of God, that we should come to trial together. There is no arbiter or mediator between us who might lay his hand on us both. There it is. Job is saying, I don't have an arbiter, a mediator to go in between us. And then the, the very next verse, Job says, let him take his rod away from me and let not dread of him terrify me. Man, I am thinking Isaiah 53 here. By his stripes we are healed. The punishment of our peace is upon him. Like Job is crying out for what Jesus will be. And uh, Jesus is so much more than just a council member. And we're out of time, so we'll have to get into this next week. We'll talk about what the, 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 the whole idea of Jesus being one of the members of the council, not just the leader of the council. And that's some exciting stuff. Uh, man, that's 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 beautiful, man. Well, and I, I just think of Job. You know, this is a more familiar passage, but it's it's playing in the same ballpark. Job nineteen twenty five through twenty seven. Oh man, that's for, for a great I, place to end. For, for for I know that my redeemer lives, and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. And whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. Um, I love this. It's it's combining the imagery of a heavenly redeemer on earth 
and an earthly figure getting to see the chairman of the board of heaven, right? Mm. Um, yes. And 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 that the ultimate resolution to evil and suffering is addressed at that intersection. Um, it, it's not get, it's not simply getting heavenly knowledge on earth. It's not simply getting an earthly peek into heaven. It's it's Jesus, man. Uh, Amen so. to that, Nathan. Amen. When I was uh, just to to close here, when I was in college, I worked at a, a, a church in the Delta on the weekends in Indianola, and I got to know a retired Methodist minister there. His name was Dr. Alan Bailey, and he could preach a funeral better than anything I've ever seen. Just such a gracious man. And he would say in every service at the graveside, he would look at the family and he would tell them, uh, don't let your heart be troubled. The morning is coming. And um, I, when I think of this, I think of Job. The answer is not why it happened. The answer is the morning is coming. Mm. It's hard because I, I normally wrap up with a joke, but now it feels inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. But hey, there's still more to say. I think it's exciting of how this connects to the New Testament. Wait, we'll uh, so so week. here's our funny wrap up. I haven't sung all episodes. So by and by, when the morning comes, when the saints <laughs> yeah, have gathered, yeah, they're yeah. gone. Okay, there we go. There you go. All our bases have been covered. <laughs> Yeah, there, there we go. go. <laughs> Listener, do not get lost in the pit of all of the biblical podcasts out there. Secure yourself an advocate <laughs> by right. clicking like uh, and subscribe right. on Spotify or iTunes. And we will see you here next week when we continue to talk about Job and the Divine Council. Until then, you have a great week. Take care. Shalom. Um, there's a, so much editing in that one. <laughs>